This public service announcement is brought to you by WMST and the rest of the crew. Hello there, boys and girls. It's your old pal, Cam the Unstable Nerd. Today I'm here to talk to you about consent. Now, consent is usually one of the more interesting things about life. The, the definition of it is permission to do something or to make happen with the agreement to do something. You should do that when you're asking a girl out. Don't force it on. Don't be forceful. Don't be abrasive. Don't be an a-hole. Don't be scum. Be a nice guy. Don't be shy. Don't you cry. Be a good boy. Bars. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to WMST episode number 29. Let's introduce you to the cast tonight. We've got the editor-in-chief, Ziggler. What up, Ziggler? Yo, what's up, Syed? Sean sucks for not being here for like the 50th week in a row, but yeah, what's up? What up, man? Can't wait to review SummerSlam tonight. Can't wait to talk some wrestling. Yeah. And of course, as always, we've got Everybody's favorite weirdo and mine, Cam. What up, Cam? For once, we're actually doing wrestling. Yeah, it's, it's about time we had a wrestling-centric episode. Should be a really fun one. All right, so with that, let's get started on this week's episode. We're talking SummerSlam tonight. Uh, yeah, it was a really Summerfest. Oh, yeah, now it's Summerfest, though. Seth Green. All right. From the summer fest. I thought it was Summer Palooza. <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, been, it's been Summer Fest since 2009. No, it's Summer Cella, like Coachella. <laughs> summer Stock. Summer Stock. Summer, summer Mania. Summer Mania. <laughs> Whatever it was. Summer out. According to WWE, it's the biggest party of the summer. All out says all out says otherwise. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, it was honestly a really fun weekend uh, of wrestling. Uh, of course, SummerSlam was the uh, big show. Uh, so we're going to go through the card overall. for, And we're going to name our favorite match from the night. And the match that stood out to me the most, because this card honestly had a lot of really good matches. Uh, I thought it was a pretty consistent card overall. Uh, the match that I think we're going to talk about for a really, really long time is The Fiend's debut against uh, Bray Wyatt. Uh, that was an amazing debut. Wait, you said The Fiend against Bray Wyatt. Oh, sorry, my bad. The Fiend's debut against Finn Balor. Now that's a dream match. That a boy. The, fi- the Fiend versus Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I'm so tired. That's, that, that's a dream match. Bray Wyatt from 2013. Hell yeah. Yeah, 2013 yeah, Bray Wyatt yeah. versus The Fiend. Just doing some WWE 2K20 uh, fantasy booking here. But yes, my bad. The Fiend versus Finn Balor. Uh, Finn did a really good job putting uh, The Fiend over. Uh, and of course, The Fiend, man. He's so cool. His moveset is so unique. Versus what Bray Wyatt did. Uh, 
it's a good way to differentiate between the two characters. And I like this Mick Foley uh, double character kind of thing that's going on with Bray Wyatt. I think it's really interesting. And it's exactly the shot in the arm uh, WWE needed right now. Because, my goodness, Bray Wyatt, a.k.a. The Fiend, is literally the uh, literally the uh, hottest character on Raw and even SmackDown. And, I mean, Sean literally tuned into Raw and SmackDown just to see The Fiend. And he never watches Raw and SmackDown. So that just and he tells wasted you. six five hours of wrestling, right? I mean, big fan. I mean, that's well, that's the thing. Fiend has been drawing a lot of interest, even from out. And I feel like the Fiend, if the character ends up being successful, could have the same impact. And so overall, my grade, um, well, not my grade, my score for the show uh, would be a nine out of ten. I think. I thought it was a perfect card uh, with a lot of awesome matches. Uh, the only match I didn't really care about was Bailey versus Ember Moon. But other than that, uh, this card overall was really good and was capped off with a, a fun main event of Seth Rollins versus uh, Brock Lesnar, which was a better version of their match at WrestleMania. So yeah, fun card overall. All right, so let's go over to Ziggler now with his review for SummerSlam. Go ahead, Ziggler. Um, yeah, this... I wasn't too impressed with this show. This show was just kind of... Uh, and I, I was I was really bored throughout the whole show, to be honest. And things really started to pick up, like, during The Fiend's entrance. When he came out, it was... It was fucking awesome. That whole entrance and after the match, him, like, it was like a horror movie and shit, like, after the fact. But, more entertaining if he was the demon. If he was the demon, wouldn't it be a rehash of that 2017 match? What 2017 match? They had a match at SummerSlam two years ago, and Finn brought out the demon. Yeah, but it wouldn't be a rehash because that was Bray Wyatt's old character. This is his new character, The Fiend. They're both strong in their own ways, and it would just I just think it'll be a better match than this three or four minute squash match. Even though it was a great debut for Bray Wyatt, I would have loved to see like so, like a more competitive match with the demon Finn Balor in a SummerSlam, you know? And Finn Balor's gonna take two months off anyway, so just come, like, just be the demon and just, you know, uh, fight the fiend. Like that's what any other sane man would do. They would put become the demon to fight literally a guy called the fiend. But yeah, and then the best match on the card is easily Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. I'm really happy Seth Rollins became the Universal Champion again. I believe the second reign will be better because he is not feuding with Baron Corbin again. So, and he's not teaming up with his girlfriend, <laughs> Becky Lynch. God, that was awful. <laughs> and uh, that that was that was really awful. That that whole thing with the Baron Corbin. The- it looks so manufactured. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, Hopefully they're done with that, and hopefully they're going to stop calling, like, that's Becky Lynch's boyfriend, or that's 
Seth Rollins' girlfriend. I hope they'll stop doing that. Uh, fucking well, Michael I Cole. Care. I don't yeah. care. Just yeah, but yeah, this was a this was a pretty good match. And Brock, I mean Brock Lesnar, like I give him a lot of shit because he just comes in and takes a title and whatever all the time, and and it annoys me. And he leaves, and he's a part timer. But he can put on a great match when he wants to. But that's the thing. When he wants to. I mean, like, you you, you got to stop just being a part-timer, I think. Either, and just taking all the titles. I mean, it would be good if he was, like, a part-timer and, like, not have the title. Because I want to see the title, like, on every week. Like, I think everyone does. But, yeah, so that's Rollins with Brock Lesnar was the best on the main card. Um, and everybody's saying that they love Charlotte Flair versus Trish Stratus. And it wasn't a right match. I mean, it wasn't the best, but I think people are just praising it because it was a halfway decent match on a, a mediocre card. And, um, yeah, it, it was, it was an all right match. Nothing really special about it. Um, other than it's being Trish Stratus's last match, allegedly, probably, I don't know. And then the Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon was really, it, it was alright. Shane McMahon was bad again because, and that whole thing with Elias, it was it was just annoying and it was a little boring. And then at the end, he uh, low blowed him with the stunner, and then. Boom, pin, one, two, three. We knew Kevin Owens was going to win because we knew he wasn't going to quit WWE in the storyline anyways. So, yeah. And then Styles versus Ricochet was pretty boring. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It was, it was pretty boring. And just just this whole card was kind of boring to me. So, yeah. That's all. Yeah. I think for me, I, I haven't seen Ron SmackDown on a regular basis. So it's like meeting your old friends kind of thing where like, oh, I see the card and I see the match and I'm like, eh, that was pretty fun. So that think yeah. that's why I had a more yeah. positive outlook on the card. Yeah. Also, yeah. that Goldberg and Dolph Ziggler thing, the the only thing that was great about that shit was uh Matt Riddle's commentary on that watch along thing. Oh, that yeah, was that, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Let Matt Riddle <laughs> Versus Goldberg needs to happen, bro. I, want, of I, I wanted him to run in after that Dolph Ziggler match and challenge him to a match. <laughs> True. Yeah, for sure. But man. yeah, that was that was the best part about that match. And Dolph Ziggler made uh, Goldberg look so good with those spears. True. Goldberg looked like he was back in WCW. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so what's your rating for this show? Um. I would give it a uh, uh, 5.5 out of 10. 5.5 out of 10. All right, awesome. And here is Cam with his uh, reviews and thoughts on SummerSlam. Go ahead, Cam. It was more of a hit-and-miss show for me. It had some good matches, but it was mainly serviceable. It wasn't a bad show or a good show. It was mainly a slow burn. For the first few matches, but then picked up right when the Trish and Charlotte match happened. The Becky Natty match wasn't all that bad. It was a serviceable opener. 
Goldberg with like a million bucks, turning Ziggler inside out. And he and Dolph actually legit yelled, hey, dipshit, Adam, I think. The Owens and... No, yeah, he yelled that. So, oh, yeah, he did. Son of a bitch. Owens and Shane wasn't bad, but the only downside to the match was that my network was starting to drop acid. It was legit starting to glitch out right when I was watching the match. Like, I'm trying to watch the match. Don't drop acid at this point. In fact, the whole show, TakeOver included, was hurt because of the new network update. This is actually the first show with the first two shows with the new network update and and they're literally just bugging. I mean it the only the match show, much. the only match for me that it bugged on and lagged was the King Kofi versus Orton match. That was the only through. yeah. Like you gone? No, that was the only match that was lagging for me throughout the whole weekend. Like it lagged for me through in the throughout takeover, and sometimes it gets stable, and then sometimes it just starts to glitch and bug out. No, no, as, as I was saying, the show was starting to pick up with Trish and Charlotte. It was actually a really good match. Excuse me. I actually really liked the match, and if the and if I'm being and like I said in last week. This would would have been an Evolution 2 match if they were doing it, but since they're not going to do it, not they haven't announced it yet, not that I know of, they're going to do it here. Trish actually looked pretty good. Trish actually looked pretty good in the match. Sure, she's sure she's not the best, but she actually held her own and actually did quite well with Charlotte. Dealt quite well with Charlotte. The Kofi Randy Orton match. I was expecting Orton to actually win the match, but it turns out they just copy and pasted the Smojo AJ Styles match from last year. The the finish of it. The Fiends debut. Probably one of the best debuts that they've done in, in recent memory. Now, one of the things that I really want to mention is the severed head lantern of Old Bray. It's symbol it's symbolic. But what really stood out about it is they uploaded the whole entire entrance on YouTube and then they had to trim it down because of YouTube, because of it, because of the severed head. Now, WWE themselves wanted to probably would have wanted to upload the whole thing, but YouTube just said, no, we don't want the severed head. So they just decided to trim it down. Really dominant debut and... I'm glad. I'm actually glad that Bray is in this position right now. He's one of the hottest wrestlers in the world right now. But don't use, don't overexpose him. Don't overexpose him. It make him like use him sparingly. It really adds to the mystique of the fiend. Like, you know, who is he gonna show up? When is he gonna show up? Or who is he gonna jump? That's why That's he didn't for, show up for Raw SmackDown. So. Right. Right. Main event, better than WrestleMania. Honestly, this this is probably what have, what would have been the WrestleMania match if it didn't go five minutes. If it didn't go, I don't know, five or three minutes or however long that thirty to thirty-five match went. 
I was legit expecting a squash match like Cena and Lesnar from 2014, but I actually was blown away by it. Like, oh wow, this is actually not that bad. It's kind of following the Lesnar versus smaller wrestler formula that they were doing with AJ Styles, Finn Balor, Daniel Bryan, and Seth here, where Lesnar just picks apart the picks apart the smaller wrestler. The smaller wrestler gets come gets gets a comeback, and then Lesnar picks up the win. Only this time, Rollins wins. Here's hoping that this title reign is actually better than the last one. No more Baron Corbin. No more, oh, you know, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch are dating. And no more Lacey Evans. Please, do something with this thing. My overall rating for SummerSlam was a 3 out of 5, so it will probably be 7 out of 10. Serviceable, not bad, but... Could have been better. All right, 7.5. So with that, the official score for SummerSlam from WMST is a 7.1 out of 10. So yeah, good pay-per-view overall. All right, and following the it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't bad. Yeah, I mean, bad. it was it was alright. It was a step like... down from last year. Yeah, a little bit. I can't yeah. remember last year. I'm not even sure if I, because <laughs> last year, like that was like around the time when like it was like getting like so hard to watch. I think. Yeah. Like at least like they started to pick up around SummerSlam time. Uh-huh. Notes, uh, Rollins Ziggler did a, had a good opener. That's the Becky heel turn. Well, quote unquote. Oh turn. yeah, yeah, the Becky heel turn. I forgot about that. Joe and AJ did good. Ronda won the wow. title. Becky won face title. face Becky is like the original face Becky feels like a long time ago. Like it feels like centuries ago. Everything feels like a century ago. True. Like last year's SummerSlam, everything was so different. That's why I thought Dean Ambrose was going to turn on Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. <laughs> yeah. They would have probably bloodied all yeah. the... Did the uh, turn at around WrestleMania time, but since Roman got the uh, leukemia, they just decided to rush it. Yeah. I know we're not talking SummerSlam anymore, but uh, me and Cam were actually talking about this just a little bit before the podcast started. The booking for Kingston versus Randy Orton WWE Championship match was so copy and paste when it came to last year's SummerSlam. It was so similar to Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles from last year. Both heels taunted the other competitor's family, and both champions lost their cools i mean and got dicky orton didn't orton didn't really like taunt anybody he just looked at kofi's kid and then kofi just lost it oh uh, like samoa cole, joe grabbed that mic and be like hey wendy i'll be your new daddy or something well, I, cole, I don't know cole was selling it like oh it's so offensive look at randy he's being such a heel apparently they lost by double count out yeah, but he was but he was just looking at the kids. He didn't even make a face. He didn't do anything. I mean, I guess. I don't know. WWE wants you to think he got pissed yeah. just because of that. <laughs> but it's so similar to last we year's WWE Championship. Bro, I feel like WWE Championship matches 
at SummerSlam the past few years have been so bad. Like, I don't know why. Let's it's like see. the, it's like the, the year before that was Jinder and Nakamura, which was bad. Yeah, the year, the year, the year before, before that was Ziggler and uh, yeah, Ziggler and Ambrose. That was a subpar match. Last one was 2015, which was the last. That's the last gold one. What was it? The match again? 2015 one was the Cena title versus. Oh yeah, that was that that was the best match of the night. That 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 was great. Yeah, since then we haven't had a good WWE Championship match. I thought we were when Ziggler versus Dean Ambrose was gonna happen, but it really just wasn't that good. Because it just wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. It was a breather match. And then Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal's no good, but Shinsuke is great though. But Jinder Mahal can't work in match. Nakamura should have won it there. Right. Exactly. That was his. That was the best time he could have won. Exactly. He really should have won it. Either that or they proceed to have him have him. Have Nakamura lose twice to Jinder. My goodness, they and then lose so, so many times to AJ Styles. <laughs> they lost so many good good talents. They sacrificed to make Jinder look good just because WWE was expanding to India. Like that's the Ooh, kind of Randy shrewd... Orton. He can bounce back from that, right? But Jinder is so awful. I mean, yeah, like his. You're lucky. You're lucky. Uh, Ozzy isn't here right now. Yeah, Ozzy would not be I, happy. I, I fucking hate everything about Ginger, man. I, I, it's tender. He, he is probably the worst pro wrestler I've ever seen. No, not ever seen. He's probably just colleague. the worst. He's probably the worst pro wrestler in WWE right now. Yeah, he's like a good glorified jobber, but the, when they put him in the main event, that was kind of a stretch. He's mid card. He he he's I he's just a mid card run for him. He's but he's not good though. I don't want him to be in the mid. I don't. I I just want him to be gone. <laughs> he's not good. <laughs> yeah, he's I guess like so. CM Punk in UFC. He's not good at his job. <laughs> Well, let's give him yes. yes. he Yes, he has a good body now thanks to uh, needles in his ass, but that's it, you know? All right. A guy just takes steroids and thinks he's a great wrestler all of a sudden. No, you're not a good wrestler. You actually have to work on this. You actually have to have skill. Be like a Ricochet or a Will Ospreay or a Kenta or a Totally Bushi. You know, but no, he's just not good. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Raw and SmackDown. Uh, so following sub- SummerSlam, we had two very strong episodes of Raw and SmackDown. So we're just going to go over the moments that stood out uh, for each crew member. No takeover? Uh, well, we're going to get to that we'll oh, okay. down later. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> yeah, but for Raw, of course, the big moment that a lot of people were buzzing about that day was Sasha Banks finally showing up to work. Uh, she finally came out of hiding. Right. Praise the wrestling gods. And she dyed her hair blue. Looks like someone uh, got off on the floor. <laughs> That's what Sean said. <laughs> yeah, but Sean is not here to deliver the joke, so I guess you got to do his job. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Part time son of a bitch. 
True. You're worth more time than Lesnar. <laughs> what do you think? He, what do you think he could just like come come from a date and just like not show up? Come on, we got priorities here. Yeah, bring your date to the podcast. Gosh, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, right? Come on. But, he, but what if she doesn't like wrestling? Well, well she can just, just suck his cock while he's, saying, while he's, uh, while he's talking. <laughs> we would just hear random moans, like randomly, like, like oh, yeah. I can't edit around this. Show. Like oh, Adam Cole defeated Johnny Gargano. Oh, what the hell was that? He yeah, Velveteen Dream is a is a champion. Oh my god, what the fuck is that? Like, about to creep myself. So. <laughs> children watching yeah but <laughs> Sasha Banks also ended up dyeing her hair in Smurf so there's that and she ended up attacking Natty in her hometown and got cheered for it and actually was they were chanting thank you Nat, uh, thank you Sasha you know what's and, funny Yeah. before that Natty was about to give a heartfelt speech about I was about to say that <laughs> you're my goodness, oh, Toronto is merciless. And Toronto is just savage. Thank you, Sasha. We're such cunts, aren't we? Also, how stupid is Natalia? <laughs> I'm sorry, but she's literally about to talk about her dead father. And then Sasha Banks interrupts, and she just says, Oh, hi, Sasha. Hugs her. Bitch, she interrupted you when you were about to talk about your father. And exactly. Now, and now you're, like, wanting to hug her? For what? For interrupting you about talking about your dead father? That, that's it's disrespectful, a, uh, son. You're just going to hug her? I think you're an idiot. Also, Sasha apparently pulled off that, uh, my wig meme. <laughs> I guess it's a Twitter meme. Yeah, she snatched her own weave. <laughs> dude, I was about to say that, dude. They were, like, thinking alike. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, but it was a pretty awesome return. Um, finally, a good heel is on Raw that can challenge Becky Lynch. Cause finally, they... I'm getting this match. Yeah, because Lacey Evans was kind of a buffer after Mania. She should not have been feuding for that long. But finally, we have Sasha. They who can... stopped. They should have stopped at Money in the Bank. Yeah, I mean, we'll never know what the original plans were if Sasha did stay after Mania, but I guess since she was laying on the floor and they wanted to get her get her out of there, they were like, hey, how about feuding with Becky? She was like, oh, finally a reason for me to get off the floor. So, hey, you know what? Uh, she got what she wanted and we got what we wanted. Becky versus Sasha, it's a two thumbs up from me. And Hopefully course, she's a good heel. I mean, NXT Sasha was a great heel. Yeah, so I know, but this is not NXT. This is Vince's product. Yeah, I mean, like, Corey Graves, he nails his commentary when it comes to Sasha Banks. Like, I like how he says, if you have a back, Sasha has a knife. Like, I mean, she, he knows how to sell her as a heel, so I think she's going to be just fine as a heel. I mean, she has a lot of heel tendencies, even as a face on main roster. So I think she should be fine. And the big news from SmackDown uh, was Buddy Murphy's uh, coming out party. Like, this man versus Roman Reigns was absolutely a banger. It was one of the best matches of the year and definitely put 
Buddy Murphy on the map, and I, I was so happy to see that match finally happen. Yeah, but not a, not a lot of people are giving Roman credit. Roman Reigns is a really good wrestler. I yeah, mean, it takes two to tango, you know. Right, right. Yeah, and I think no, no, that's the thing though. The I was, yeah, th- that's for sure. That's true. Roman did his part. Like he made Buddy yeah, Murphy like, look good. Like he has good matches. Like he doesn't. He's not a bad wrestler. It's just how he's booked. Right, that's true, and I think he has, I think he has improved a lot since his uh, 2015 Roman Reigns days. I think he's oh yeah, more, definitely a more mature performer, and that you can definitely see that now. And I'm so happy that even Roman has improved, and we got to see this awesome match, and definitely put Buddy on the map uh, to go on to do bigger and better things. All right, so now let's have Cam give his review for uh, Raw and SmackDown. So what would you think? And now for my reviews of SmackDown and Raw. First Raw. It's a decent episode. The only key things are Sasha Banks is finally out of hiding and she dyed her hair blue. I'm finally getting this match now. Finally, after several months of waiting and dealing with, and dealing with Lacey Evans. Don't get me wrong, I don't mind Lacey Evans, but you shouldn't have lasted that long. Can she actually... This is actually, I think, the first time that Sasha's been a heel since... 2015? The... Tree... The the, uh, team thing from uh, 2015? Anyone remember that? Yeah, team bad. Um, team bad. Yeah, but that Naomi was awful. Tamina, <laughs> like she ended up leaving them and turning face uh, for the at the uh, 2016 Rumble when she showed up. She hasn't been like a real, real heel since her NXT days. Right. This is literally could be the one thing that will not only help her, but help develop that edge because she's never really gotten a chance to show her stuff. I could this really be the end to Becky's title reign? Because if it is, I'm for it. SmackDown, uh, the buddy Buddy Murphy. This was his coming out party. Nobody really gives Roman Reigns the credit and appreciation that he deserves. Well, nobody, not that many people. Some people still think, oh, he's a he's a, a terrible worker, a terrible wrestler. He killed wrestling, yada yada yada. No, he's literally been improving ever since 2015, and he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Sure, not on a technical, sure, on a, not on an in-ring standpoint, but one of the most noteworthy wrestlers on the planet right now. And he literally just stole the show with Buddy Murphy and had one of the best matches of the entire year. Yes, Murphy wasn't going to win the match, but this was basically a showcase match for him, and he sh- and they showcased him tremendously. And another thing, some are saying, oh, he's buried because he lost to Roman Reigns. Buried in quotation marks. If he's really buried, then why is he in a high-profile storyline with Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan right now? Why is he rubbing shoulders with those two? Why isn't he messing around with the 24-7 title if he's buried? I hope to see more of him because of this. He's one of the best wrestlers that they have on the roster, and he's actually going to be in the King of the Ring tournament, which we will get to in a moment. And he's going to steal the show with Mustafa Ali again. If he's really buried, 
then why is he getting all these opportunities right now? Yeah, he's far from buried. Yeah, I mean, people should not be using the word buried so lightly. Like, people need to stop that. Yeah, I mean, we all know Roman Reigns is the top dog. I mean, they always say it, so. And Buddy Murphy was the underdog in that match, so. Like, I mean, you want to know what a burial actually looks like? Go watch SummerSlam 2010 and see the Nexus getting buried. That's you want to see what a burial looks like? Look at Shinsuke Nakamura. Right, exactly. The dude's the Intercontinental Champion. We haven't seen him in like three weeks. I know. So, I mean, yeah, burials are, that's, that's a bear, definitely a burial. But like one what, loss doesn't equal that. Right. If you're buried, he lost. If you're not featured on TV. I mean, think about it. He took the, uh, supposed in kayfabe, the best wrestler to, in WWE to his limits. So that definitely puts him. Also, uh, he's in a storyline with Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. So Dan, Daniel Bryan, one of the best workers in WWE right now, they're probably going to have a match soon. Hook it into my veins. Yeah, like Buddy Murphy versus Daniel Bryan. They'd be like in a few weeks. That'd be awesome. True, true. You all will be eating your words in a few weeks. True. Watch Buddy Murphy actually win the King of the Ring. <laughs> yeah, biggest surprise. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't doubt it if he wins like, a few matches, you know. He might yeah. get to the semifinals if he... And yeah, then lose to Owens. Yeah. All right, since we're already we're there, two. let's just talk about King of the Ring Tournament. It was announced that King of the Ring Tournament is going to take place at, uh, for the coming Raw and SmackDown episodes leading up to the finals happening at the Night of Champions, a.k.a., sorry, Clash of Champions now. I'm so sleepy. The Night of Clash of Thingies. <laughs> yeah, the Night of Clash of Thingies. So the finals is going to happen then. Now, they haven't said if there's, like, a reward at the end. Well, I guess you're the king of the ring, which doesn't really mean anything. Scepter, like, hurt ankle. Yeah, I mean, I remember three, well, not three, like, four years ago, King Barrett, uh, uh, Wade Barrett won the king of the ring. And nothing happened. He was just King Bear. He got the dopey crown scepter and they, yeah. and then he had a a royalty gimmick and then yeah, it went to nowhere. The winner, the winner should, the, yeah, the winner should get a title shot for their brand. That's true. Uh, at like a at a pay per view, like at a Clash big of one. Champions. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Or well, why not get a trophy like 2001 had? Or. Maybe the yeah. Hopefully, the biggest reward would be the winner doesn't get a king gimmick after winning. Like just get like, a title shot, like to like the uh, 2002 tournament. Thing. Like King McIntyre, King Owens, like stop it. King Booker. Like, no, no king gimmick will be ever will ever top King Booker. Nothing I mean, will top that. I mean, Ricochet in the Indies was King Ricochet. I mean, sure, you can do that. That's even his Twitter handle, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. I'm but sure you can do that as a wink and a nod. But I can tell you, but... Ricochet is probably not even making it out of the first round. Yeah, he's not. He's probably not. Yeah. But as oh, for... Oh, yeah, he's facing Drew McIntyre. He's not making it out. Yeah, he's not making it out of the first. Yeah, but yeah, as as you can see the bracket in front of you, 
we have some really cool matches in the first round. Like we've got Ali versus Buddy, uh, Buddy Murphy, uh, or a classic 205 live match, finally going to be seen by uh, SmackDown, a mainstream audience. I mean, it was on Survivor Series, the main card one day. And they've been having dark but their, matches for months. But their, NX, the, their 205 live match was the best one they had, the Extreme Rules match. And, uh, yeah, we also have uh, uh, Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre. That should be a really good match. Cesaro, we, Samoa Joe. Yeah, that should be a fun one, too. Uh, the other one that's a dark horse for the best match in the first round, Cedric Alexander versus Sami Zayn. Give these guys 15, 20 minutes. I think this can be, like, a holy shit match. Uh, like the one Another dark one. Chad Gable, Sean Benjamin. Yeah, that should be good. They were Tag former owners. partners. I don't think they ever had a like a feud, so this should be like a fun thing to see. Another sleeper is Apollo Crews versus Andrade. You them? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah they've been having 10, matches 15 for, minutes. for a couple weeks. Basically, now. yeah, basically, but giving them more time now. <laughs> basically, every match except Miz versus Baron Corbin is must see in the first round. Wait, Miz was Baron Corbin in the first round? My God, yeah, boring-ass oh, match. Yeah. I mean... There's also Kevin Owens Elias. Yeah, Elias we know one of them is the, losing uh, in the first the round. Oh, yeah. I mean, Elias is 24-7 champion. Yeah. Yeah, that might get thrown out. Champ, champ. And as for my predictions, uh, I think Kevin Owens is easily going to win his side of the bracket. He's going to beat Elias. He's going to beat Buddy Murphy. He's definite. I, I feel like Andrade is gonna make it to the finals, and he's gonna lose to Owens. And then from the Raw side, I think uh, Drew McIntyre is going to easily get to the finals. I wouldn't. I would be surprised if Drew McIntyre doesn't get to the finals. And as much as I hate to say it, Owens versus Drew McIntyre could end up being a screw job kind of finish and. Shane could you kind of hate to see it. Yeah, Shane is gonna screw over Owens, and Drew McIntyre becomes king of the ring. Finally, gets something meaningful since they're trying to push McIntyre, but haven't been able to do it properly. So I guess this can be Drew's launching point, hopefully. And, and please, not... for the love of God, split him and Shane. True, I, that pairing is definitely I, it's it's expired. It's welcome. So I think Drew's no, probably winning. Rival ever since it started. But if I was booking it personally, I would have Owens win. Cause here's the thing, all right? Drew's probably gonna look strong throughout the whole thing, but I think Owens really needs this. If Owens wins this, it can finally capitalize on his current popularity. Drew McIntyre, I think, can go on to win the IC title or something like that, but I think Owens should win it, but I, I'm predicting Drew McIntyre. So, yeah, and uh, Ziggler, uh, your thoughts on the uh, overall um, bracket and your predictions? Yeah, hopefully they uh, go out for this tournament. Hopefully they have actually, like, good long matches for some of them and not half-ass it. But my top three, who I would love to win, who I would like, not who I would think, but who I would like to win, uh, would be Andrade, Buddy Murphy, or Cesaro. 
those three could really like use like a nice a nice big push, especially Cesaro. Cesaro is a man who just he I I believe he's the bet one of the best, if not then the best pro wrestler in WWE right now. He's one of the best workers in the world right now, and he really deserves a big major push. I've been wanting to be WWE champion for a long ass time now. And I know it's probably not going to happen, but I would love for Cesaro to win. And as for Andrade, I love Andrade. He's one of the best workers wrestling right, uh, right, right now, too. And I think he would do good with the King of the Ring, get a title shot, maybe not win. I don't know, maybe win. I don't fucking know. I'm not a booker. Uh, but, yeah. But I'll, I would also love to see uh, Andrade versus Chad Gable. That would that match would be awesome uh, in the quarterfinals. That that would be an awesome match. So yeah, who I think would win? You're probably right. It's probably gonna be Drew McIntyre. I don't want him to win. I'm not a fan of Drew McIntyre, so I, I'm I'm not a fan of that idea of him winning. Um, but if it is gonna be Owens versus McIntyre in the finals, then I would like Owens to win. So yeah. Sounds good. And Cam, your thoughts on the overall bracket and your prediction for the winner? Excluding two matches, the tournament really looks promising. Like, do you remember the best in the world tournament from Redacted last year? And how? No, no, please remind me. They had a tournament (laughs) to determine the best in the world. (laughs) Never mind. They squandered that tournament, and this basically is the replacement. It's like, okay, we learned our lesson from last time. This is a good, this is a better one. Did we do, did we do good? Yes, you did good. But excluding two matches, it could actually be one of the best things that they've done all year. I actually have three choice predictions for each side for people that I would like to see. The SmackDown side would be Owens, Andrade, and Buddy Murphy. Raw side would be Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, and I'm literally debating on Cesaro or Samoa Joe. Cesaro could could get it. Joe could get it. If I had to choose one, it would be Joe. But as for final round, it would probably be McIntyre and Owens, and then McIntyre wins it. Which I don't mind. But just get rid of him and Shane. Like, he doesn't need Shane. He's intimidating enough. Just have him win the tournament, face Rollins, and they can feud for a few months. Sounds good. Yeah, but overall, you guys are right. Should be a fun tournament and kind of a boost for the wrestling side of Raw and SmackDown. I'm actually looking forward to tuning in again this week, which is actually refreshing because for the past few months, I have not been consistent with Raw. I mean, I, I don't even tune in. I just go to Instagram to scroll through uh, other people's page. But this week, I'm actually definitely looking forward to watching Raw and SmackDown. All right. So with that, uh, let's talk a little bit about G1. Uh, Ziggler has some thoughts on this year's G1 Classic. So, 
Ziggler, what have you got for us? Uh, yeah, this 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 year's G1 was just so stacked and just amazing. I mean, just just look at the wrestlers in it. You, you got John Moxley, Kazushika Okada, Tomohiro Ishii, Will Ospreay, Kenta, Kota Ibushi, just to name a few. But I like to say the standout, um, the MVP of this year's G1 is none other than Shingo Takagi. I mean, this man is just on an absolute tear. He was in the best of the Super Juniors just a few months ago and absolutely tore it up, having instant classic after instant classic. And the G1 was no different. And John Moxley was really cool, too, uh, him showing up in the tournament. He had some good matches with, like, Shingo and uh, uh, Tomohiro Ishii. That was a great match. And uh, Tetsuya Naito. But yeah, also with uh, Juice Robinson. I'm just naming those matches off the top of my head. But... Uh, but yeah, now I want to, I want to get to the finals, but first that fucking insane moment, that fucking insane angle with Kenta joining the Bullet Club. It was so awesome. And then setting up Tomohiro Ishii versus Kenta on the 31st, the same day as All Out. Um, it what and that's going to be fucking madhouse. That's going to be crazy that day. But Kenta joining the Bullet Club was just so goddamn good. And then the unthinkable happened. Fucking Katsuyori Shibata running down the ramp and into that ring, giving Kenta a straight forearm and just going ham on him, pulling all of his greatest hits on Kenta. Right down to the stalling dropkick, right to the face of Kenta. I mean, man, he looks so good. I miss seeing him in the ring so much. He was one of my favorites when I started watching New Japan. And then Kenta getting the upper hand with the Bullet Club, uh, putting Shibata in the sleeper, then Kenta hitting with hitting, hitting him with a PK kick, and Jado hitting him with the kendo stick. Then they end it with Kenta on top of uh, a beaten down Shibata in the classic Shibata pose while he's holding up a two-sweet sign. Just everything about that segment was just fucking great and you don't see that too often and it was so fucking awesome and now the finals uh jay white versus kota ibushi it was such a great match maybe the best match of jay white's career i absolutely love the match and the storytelling of this match too jay white being such a dickish heel which i would also like to add i believe jay white is the best heel in pro wrestling today maybe uh, there, there can be an argument there, but and Cody Ibushi may be the best babyface in pro wrestling today, which that's also another argument. But with and that's what made this match great, though. The match ended with Cody Ibushi hitting two knee strikes to the face of Jay White, the Kamagoye, and pinning him one, two, three. It was such a, it was just such a great show, a great match, and an overall great G1 climax. And congratulations to Kodo Ibushi, who hopefully will face Kazushika Okada at Wrestle Kingdom 14. Yeah, Wrestle Kingdom 14. That's going to be a great match. Yeah, it was definitely awesome to see Shibata return. I heard Melkser say that it wasn't like official return, but that angle was absolutely awesome. Yeah, did you watch the whole thing? It was so cool. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I had to search it up because Shibata returned. I was like, 
that's crazy. Yeah. Shabbat return, but yeah. I mean, it really was cool. really like the unthinkable. Like, I never thought it would happen, you know, but I think they were yeah. like really careful with him, like, like with like Kenta, like kicking him like in the chest, like not like he didn't do the GTS on him because he had like bleeding in his brain. So they're just careful with him. Yeah, but yeah, overall, it was just crazy. They They used... The, uh, the element of surprise very beautifully in that yeah. segment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That, I think that may be like the best like segment all year. <laughs> it True. was just so good. Yeah, for sure. All right, so for our final topic, let's talk about NXT Takeover. Uh, I mean, honestly, are we even surprised? It ended up being an amazing show, and definitely not one of the best takeovers, but it, it's still end up being, in my opinion, a bit better than SummerSlam. Uh, the match that really stood out to me personally was the triple threat match for the uh, uh, North American Championship with uh, Pete Dunne uh, uh, facing uh, Roderick Strong and, and Velveteen Dream. Uh, I love this match. Uh this was a really awesome, unique triple threat match. And I feel like a lot of triple threat matches are kind of the same in WWE for some reason. But this match ended up being really unique and really awesome. I I think out of all the matches on the card, I definitely ended up enjoying this the most, probably because of its placement on the card and just the overall talent that was involved. And, yeah, so I would definitely say that was my favorite match, but I'll let you guys cover the uh, rest of the card. Uh, But, yeah, overall, though, for the show, I would give it the same rating as SummerSlam, like a 9 or 9.2 out of 10. And, uh, Cam, what did you think of NXT TakeOver uh, Toronto? Despite its network botches, I thought it was an enjoyable show and probably edges out SummerSlam. The main match that really started up the network glitches was the opener, Street Profits on Disputed Era for the tag titles. Like, legit. It cut to the finish right after Montez's dive to the outside. I was legit pissed at it. Like, why are you doing this now? Even if it was a great match, it was hindered by the network block, the network botches. But one of my, but enough about me bitching about bitching about bugs that might end up being fixed eventually. Let's talk about the main. Let's just talk about the rest of the show. Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, probably one of the best women's matches that NXT has done, and my favorite match on the entire card. Io Shirai as a Io Shirai's heel turn is literally given her new life. I love Shirai. She's one of my favorite wrestlers on the roster right now, but this heel turn has actually made her love her even more. Lorey also getting her first chance at a takeover event, and they both did great. The triple threat match was also one of my favorite matches of the night. Usually WWE does great triple threat matches. When they're on pay-per-view or on takeover events or even on NXT TV also because sometimes they do have great triple threat matches on NXT TV. 
this was actually a really fun match, and I really love the finish to it. Strong hits the end of Heartache, tries to go for a cover. Dream just flies into frame with the uh, Purple Rainmaker and wins the match. It was just like, to use an old, very old uh, match example, Armageddon 2008, Jeff Hardy winning his first world title, where he fought, where he falls in a frame over the Swanton. Probably, and as for the worst match of the night, the Mia Yim Shana Baszler match. Sure, it was serviceable at best, but it basically killed the crowd. Like, it hurt the crowd, and they were like, really quiet. Sadly, those sure the rain still continues, but if there's one thing that I do give that I will give credit for this match is Yim does some actually does something that not a lot of her opponents, Shannon's previous opponents, I mean, do. And that's actually fight like a heel. Sometimes you have to fight like a heel to try to beat a heel. But she tried, she tried, and she lost. The best of three match between Gargano and Cole. It was kind of a rehash of some of their matches. Like the first fall was basically some of the same spots, like super kick teases and the Panama Sunrise teases. And excuse me. Basically kind of just it was a skippable first fall. The second fall was when it was when it started to pick up steam when they were starting to do uh, all the uh, weapon spots. Though I will detest Gargano for legit getting himself DQ'd just to make sure to just to end up losing in the uh, final fall. And speaking of the final fall, it's the, the Asylum match is back. Only it's not the Asylum match. And it's in barbed wire. <laughs> This is legit the first. This is actually the first time in years that WWE has used barbed, excuse me, barbed wire for a steel cage, and they actually put up a whole bunch of weapons. Like there was a, a table up there. There was a ladder up there. Like I was legit looking at the table. And I was like, is that a steel table or is that aluminum? They had a bag of uh, what was assumed to be thumbtacks, but ended up being like brass knuckles and stuff. Like, it's a bait and switch. The crowd booed hard for that. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty pissed off with that, too. <laughs> like, oh, you motherfuckers, you bait and switching motherfuckers. Like, I'm, I'm not mad at y'all, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> and the and the big spot where they both dove off the cage through the table, probably the best spot, one of the best spots of the year. Cole retains and Cole retains. But the match was mainly building up to the final fall. Like they just cut out uh, cut out all the fat of the street fight and just did the uh, first fall and fast forward just to get to the asylum match. This was actually one of the longest matches on the card and even in the show's history, even in NXT history, not counting War Games matches, I think it was like 49 minutes. Hold on, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, I think it was like 46, 47. Oh, yeah, 46 minutes. Yeah, it says 46, 41 on Wikipedia. Yeah. Wikipedia is always right. Most <laughs> of the time. <laughs> that was a joke. Okay. <laughs> and during the uh, tapings for before uh, 
Toronto. They had the breakout tournament finish to the uh, finals of the uh, breakout tournament where Jordan Miles, ACH, beat Cameron Grimes, Trevor Lee. Yeah, that was an all right match. It was nothing special, but it was all right. By the way, they just had the tapings uh, on Thursday, Thursday night, but I won't spoil anything. Yeah, it was a huge spoiler, so. Yeah. I mean, some of the viewers probably watched the view- the network for the NXT weekly, but it's like, I don't watch it weekly, so it's like, I don't even care, but. Like, gotta... usually the post-takeover the, uh, post stuff is yeah. just the tapings before the thing, so it's just gotcha. skippable. Yeah. And Breezango made their return to the taping. Uh um, the takeover taping. <laughs> if anybody cares. I mean, Ray, Hot Fuzz <laughs> is back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that one spoiler, but the rest of the show, I won't give you spoilers. So, so, no, that no, yeah. that was, no, it aired on the network like on Wednesday. <laughs> oh, really? No, they, they actually did. did the taping. They actually had a match with the Forgotten Sons yeah. before Toronto. Yeah, and the, and the ACH was Trevor Lee. Probably somebody's look uh, watching this is like I didn't ask for NXT to <laughs> spoilers here. Hey, it's but, on the network. But you got the spoilers. I mean, man. it's the tapings before the actual pay per view event. <laughs> these, these are the dark matches. Yeah. All so right. We're not out and about telling telling the spoilers of the actual tapings that happened the other night. Yeah. We care about you. We care about you, the viewer. Dang we it, but my, the, the, PSA, the PSA at the beginning says it all. You know, we care about you, so we tell you <laughs> everything you need to know. Yeah, but my I favorite match, I, I have two favorite matches. Um, My favorite match, one of my favorite matches were the Velveteen Dream uh, and Roger Strong and Pete Dunne. That was, that was such a good match. And um, that, that, that. Uh, Velveteen Dream is just the king of takeover entrances. His entrances are so goddamn good. And yeah, I wish Roderick Strong would have won, but it seems like they're going into the Roderick Strong Velveteen Dream feud. So they're going in that direction, so that's good. Hopefully Roderick Strong can uh, can win the title there. And then my match of the night, I, I would say... Just by a hair, it's Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai. That was, like Cam said, that was probably, like, the best, maybe, yeah, maybe, like, one of, like, the best women's matches that NST has ever produced. It, it was so goddamn good. And it was so awesome it, to see can't what would probably beat Sasha Bailey from Brooklyn 1. Oh, yeah, definitely. And... It was so great to see Candice LeRae finally in a takeover match. I've been waiting so long for this. I've loved her since her PWG days and her tag title run with Joey Ryan. I mean, she was one of the best women's wrestlers in the world. And she's finally... She never got a chance to shine. It's yeah. quite baffling. She was just Johnny Gargano's wife, <laughs> which was annoying. Just a year, again. Just a year ago. Yeah. But I'm I'm glad she finally got uh, on the big stage, and that match actually had like 15, 16 minutes, so that match actually had good time, and it was a great match. So 
yeah, I'm so happy for her. I'm so happy for that. And the main event, I don't know. I'd say the main event is probably their weakest match. Like, I think their TakeOver 25 was their best match. And it was pretty hard to top that, too. This is more yeah, like a gimmick match. Their best match. Yeah, this is more like a gimmick match. So, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of right. would have been better if they didn't do already do the best of three stipulation yeah. in general at the WrestleMania takeover. Yeah. But, yeah, that main event was, it was still good. Like, it was still, like, pretty good, but it was, like, the best match on the card. And, again, this takeover wasn't, like, their best, which is hard to top, in my opinion, their best takeover, which is TakeOver New York. Um, It's really hard to top that, but they still have, like, great shows. Every every weekend that NXT and WWE share a pay-per-view, NXT always wins. NXT always steals the weekend. And... It's not going to change, I don't think. So, yeah. Also, it is a great show. as if something changes. Yeah. Also, a great show over the weekend was GCW's Joey Janela. Joey Janela's Escape from LA. It was so good. That show was fucking great. I love that show. That probably the best intergender match I've ever seen with Chris Dickinson versus Chris Statlander. It was just so good. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> and also, so both dream, wrestlers were named Chris? Yeah, one was with a K, so. Oh, okay. But, yeah, also that dream uh, death match between, um, that, that dream death match between Nick Gage and Jimmy Havoc was awesome. <laughs> Two, like, death match legends, so. Yeah. Alright, and uh, your rating for the show? For TakeOver would yeah. be... I would give it an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10, right. also. 8 out of 10. Yeah, I was going to get Cam's next. Alright, so with that, the WMST official score for NXT TakeOver Toronto is 8.3 out of 10. Alright, so yeah, with good. that... Uh, We're going to conclude this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in and look forward to some more content next week. Cam, you got the outro? Oh, I want you to play that outro.